Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Three second round series remain, all of them tied. Who's going to the finals? Plus, why we must lean into the best rivalry in sports. And plenty of time for your calls on this day. We call Testing Tuesday around here. Let's get this thing started. Here we go! Only one place to start. We have breaking news. We have breaking news in just the last eight minutes. Adrian Wojnarowski, the great Woj, has tweeted that the Nets have upgraded James Harden to doubtful for game five. He goes on to tweet, Harden is expected to test his hamstring and shoot around today and has been determined to try and find a way to get cleared to play Game 5, sources tell ESPN. There are no guarantees on his status, but Harden is trying to play with the series at two games apiece. I'm not the least bit surprised by this. It is no secret that I have disdain for the way a lot of NBA players treat the regular season. I do not in any way, however, question their desire to win championships. I understand that is part of their reasoning in what they do. I have no doubt James Harden even before he saw Kyrie go down, but then especially after he saw Kyrie come down on the foot of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then that ankle, the outside of that ankle, actually touched the hardwood. From that moment, I have no doubt, James Harden's only mindset is, I have to find a way to get out there. So I respect that. What I'm interested in is to see if they force it in a game five or they hold it till an elimination situation. By virtue of having taken the first two games of this series, they put themselves in a position where they still have one more game's worth of house money. So that becomes a very interesting one to me. If I had to bet on this, and betting will be the operative word in just a moment, I would bet that Harden does not play tonight, that they give it as much rest as they reasonably can. And reasonably means up until the moment someone has won three games in a best of seven against them. So I think if Milwaukee wins tonight, I think we see Harden in game six. I think if the Nets win tonight, we see Harden in game seven. That's what I would expect. But of course, Woj is saying he's going to go out there tonight and give it a go. So let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No Kyrie, no Harden. Let's say it goes that way. No chance. Wrong. We won't get fooled again. The great rock and roll band The Who wrote a song called We Won't Get Fooled Again, and I'm singing it now. Last week I told you, bet the house, the ranch, the farm, and anything else you have on Brooklyn in Game 3. And Hembo said, Greeny, was it 92% of the money was on Brooklyn at that point, and I should have reversed course, and I didn't because I'm a dope, but I won't get fooled again. The Nets are a four-point home underdog tonight at Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill. 94% of the money is on Milwaukee. 94%. And there are no hard, fast rules in life beyond this. Death, taxes, and 94% of the people don't win money in Vegas That's the third certainty in life. So I love the Nets tonight with the points, and I actually believe they're going to win the game. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let me make my case for why I believe they're going to win tonight. Now, for whatever it's worth, the Nets played 15 games this year in which only one member of their big three played. They were 9-6 and in those games. Five of them, the one member of the big three was KD. 
In those five games, they were 4-1. and one. They beat Indiana. They beat Minnesota. They beat the Knicks. They beat Denver. They lost a game in early January to Oklahoma City. So, for whatever it's worth, they were 4-1 and one with, with only KD amongst the big three during this regular season. I don't think that's worth anything. Here's what I think is. And for this uh, conversation, I'm going to briefly bring in my vice president of basketball cynicism, the one and only Nuno. Nuno, it is my belief that if P.J. Tucker breathes in the general vicinity of Kevin Durant tonight, they're calling a foul. And if he breaks wind, it's a flagrant two. <laughs> that is my prediction. What are your thoughts? I would go one further that the Bucks shouldn't start P.J. on Kevin Durant just because of that reason. I mean, the, the officiating is such a huge part of this series. Milwaukee and Brooklyn were 1-2 and two in scoring this regular season. They combined to average 239 points per game. That has been down to 201 through four games of this series. All four games have gone under. The over-under tonight, by the way, is 217.5. So we have that. We have that situation. I believe the Nets have an excellent chance to win this game tonight because Vegas tells me so and because I believe the officiating will look vastly different based on home court and a lot of other things. But I have a more interesting question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. What's the biggest game Kevin Durant has played since he left Oklahoma City? And someone tell me why it isn't tonight. You know, when he left Oklahoma City, he went to Golden State. They basically rampaged through the postseason most of the time he was there. He came back too quickly, and we all know what happened toward the AC, uh, the, excuse me, the Achilles and everything else. There was that one series against Houston where the Rockets had the Warriors in real trouble, up 3-2, and Chris Paul got hurt. But KD, while there was pressure on him and that team to win then, he had a lot of other guys to share that pressure and share that load. Steph Curry might go crazy. Klay Thompson might go crazy. Draymond Green was a championship player. Tonight, and again, I don't believe we will see James Harden. It's all on KD. And this is a team that came together for one reason and one reason only, and that's to win championships. So I ask you again, hashtag Nuno, is this the biggest game KD has played since he left Oklahoma City? This is the one where he has the most pressure on him. That, that is actually what I meant by the question. Yeah. What other what other way would you have interpreted that? Like, why did you feel a need to answer it? <laughs> because I would think a, you know, a title cont- uh, clinching game would be a bigger game than this. Mm. But I think this has the most pressure on him. Those are bigger games, but not just for him. This one is about KD once and for all showing the world, the basketball universe that, look, We all know how sensitive he is to this stuff. I'm not saying this because we think he doesn't care. Kevin Durant cares. Kevin Durant is on Twitter every single day fighting with everybody, whether that somebody is Jay Williams, who's a a very famous person with millions of followers, or literally he's on there fighting with people who have 117 followers. Kevin Durant cares what you think. And what many people in the basketball universe think is that KD has never been able to put a team on his shoulders and carry them over the finish line. And if he couldn't beat him, he joined him. And that's why he wound up in Golden State, and that's why he's together with this great group. So the question is, can he do it tonight? 
Because if he wins this game for them tonight, there's still time. That might be the springboard to winning the championship. They don't win the championship if they don't get out of this round. But if he gets them out of this round, and then they get back Harden, and or they get back Kyrie, they win the championship. This is the game you remember. I think tonight's game has as much riding on it for that one player as any game he's had since he was in Oklahoma City. Hembo. Greeny, the over-under for Kevin Durant point score tonight is 35 and a half. That's an astronomical number by Vegas standards. Which way would you go? I, that, that, I, I want to try and put some context to that. That is a huge Massive. number, right? Massive. I mean, like what would a normal number be for a – like what is the over-under on Giannis? Do you happen to have that in front of you? I, I don't want to – This is 32 and a half. Okay, so those are big they, numbers. They think he, yeah, they think he's going to run too. But there, anything close to 35 or exceeding that number is almost unheard of. See, here's – what PJ told me on Get Up this morning. PJ Carlesimo is on Get Up this morning, and he says, Greeny, tonight it's all about Durant getting other people involved. Mm. It's about Durant figuring out a way to make sure Landry Shamit or Joe Harris or someone else is able to carry a reasonable amount of the load. That said, I'm going over on 35. And I'll tell you right now, I believe Kevin Durant will score a minimum of 15 points from the line tonight. I believe Kevin Durant, again, I wasn't kidding when I said it. I've been watching the NBA a long time. I'm telling you right now, P.J. Tucker will have two fouls on him tonight before he even knows what's happening. (laughs) 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 Kevin Durant is going to live at the line tonight. The game, I believe, will be officiated differently. And I think that goes a long way in this series. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. All right, we have a lot to get to. I want to pause here briefly because we have so much coming. Effective immediately, our national pastime is a different place. We'll explain how and why. Plus, my biggest pet peeve, both those on the way. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Stick around. Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jeff Passan will be along in 10 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline to explain how our national pastime has been changed, and it will do so immediately. That's on the way. But right now, a quick 30 seconds from ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner who is hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, the matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free 
at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, there's something I just want you to know before we go any farther. And that is that this morning, Hembo and I identified what I think is our biggest pet peeve. And I agree with this. And it was actually Hembo who brought it to my attention, but he's right. I ask everyone within the sound of my voice, is there anything worse in the world than a call when a two-word text would have sufficed? I got people who call me to say things to me that literally could have been summed up in a two-word text. If you call me, we'd better need to have a significant conversation, and it better be one that is going to require nuance. Like, my biggest concern with text sometimes is that something gets lost in the translation. But if something literally as minuscule as what time are we meeting does not require a phone call. (laughs) And there's people now, we have moved past that. Now, I, I guess maybe I'm leaping boldly into like 2017 because my kids have been telling me for years that texting is a dated mode of communication. But I'm telling you right now, if you call me and you don't have anything really to say, you're going you're gonna to go on that list, <laughs> on that list of people whose calls I do not take, right? I mean, that's, that's just a call. That's going, that's going directly to voicemail. Absolutely. Directly to voicemail. Every, do you know anybody that does not text now? No. Nobody does not text. My mother texts me okay. regularly. That was my next And question. uses emojis. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Big emoji person. She's evolving. She loves emojis. She's a big emoji mom. But the point of it is, I got emojis. I got texts from my mother. And I mean, you know, she lives 3,000 miles away. Somehow we managed to communicate with that. But if you have to ask me a question that could be summed up in two words, don't call me. Bubba, let me ask you a question, because you are, of course, uh, for many people may not know this, but Bubba worked for many years in the telecommunications industry, and it was an important part, uh, important part in your development professionally that has led you to this enormous success that you have had in radio production. So, Bubba, I just ask you, is, do you find that to be a problem? And as a general rule, what is the appropriate way to inform a person, you know, feel free to text me that rather than calling me? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would agree with you. I think the only time it's okay to call would be if they're dry, you know, they're driving. If you want to go hands free, so you don't want to have someone text. Going to May I just say, if you are reaching out to me at such time that you are driving and thus are not able to text, what you need to tell me had better be really important. No, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it depends. On <laughs> because it isn't my or... problem that you're driving. Okay, like my schedule is not predicated around your transportational needs. So if you're driving someplace, Bubba, and you just want to call me to ask me a question that a two-word text could have handled, and you just well, don't want to wait to ask be, it until you get there. What's that? What's a two-word question? I mean, literally, like what time? That's an easy one. What time? Right. Where are you? What are you doing? Then there's a lot of work-related stuff. All that stuff. I mean, there yes, are no questions. Don't know, no ever need to be phone calls. Almost ever. any question that begins with the letter W can be answered in two words. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who? What? When? Where? Why? You up? Wh- wh- what's that? You, you up? up. <laughs> 
I don't get See? it. But that, I do that to you all the time. I text <laughs> Bubba you up all the time. If I need something done production-wise, a perfect example. Perfect example. All right? I'm in here 6 o'clock in the morning. I think Bubba wakes up like 15 minutes before we go on the air. So I never know if I need something done before the show. I don't want to call Bubba. A, I don't want to wake him up. B, I don't want to waste your time by asking you this. So I will text you, you up all the time. And then I know you're up when you write back, yeah, what's up? This is an outstanding relationship we have. This relationship is working for both of us. And I don't think I've talked to you on the – we've been working together now, Bubba, I think 10 years. I don't think I've ever talked to you on the phone. (laughs) I don't think we have ever spoken on the phone. And it works. What do you think? Yeah, we got a good thing going. I agree. We got a good thing going. So I consider that to be my number one pet peeve. The NBA playoffs are right here on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Game five, Bucks Nets, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. Meanwhile. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I love this column that I read by Kevin Von Valkenberg. And if you're not a fan of the sport of golf, I would ask you to bear with me because this, I think, is an important story, whether you love the sport or not. In fact, it could wind up being the difference in whether you love it or not. Golf is my favorite sport. It's my passion. I don't talk a lot about golf here because I know that unless something like Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson-esque is happening, not enough people are into it. But do you know what could bring people into it? Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka hating each other. And Kevin Van Valkenburg writes a terrific column in which he makes the suggestion. In fact, it's a plea to the USGA, which is the group that many, for those of you who don't know this, the PGA is in charge of the PGA Tour or the PGA Tour is in charge of the overwhelming majority of tournaments that you watch every week or that are played every week. But the USGA, the United States Golf Association, is in charge of the U.S. Open along with a small handful of other events. They get to decide who plays with who Thursday and Friday rounds one and two in La Jolla as they play at Torrey Pines, the U.S. Open. And they absolutely have to put those two guys together. They have to. They have to put Kepka and DeChambeau together. Tell me if you are a casual sport or no, you're a passionate sportsman, but a very casual fan of golf that you wouldn't be at least a little interested in seeing that those two guys hate each other. And I want to read you a little bit of Kevin's column. He writes, don't wring your hands or offer excuses about how the U.S. Open is bigger than any individual matchup, that it would be in poor taste to encourage scenes of Brooks rolling his eyes every time Bryson tries to calibrate the air density. Don't offer up a poem or video essay that attempts to remind us with an aristocratic air that golf has a history of honorable, gentlemanly behavior not so casually implying that tossing Brooks and Bryson into the same threesome might cheapen the first two rounds of America's national championship. He writes, can you imagine if the NBA handled rivalries the way golf does? Michael Jordan and Larry Bird lived to torment their opponents. What if the league decided to make sure they never played against anyone they trash-talked? In that alternative universe, the clip of Kyrie Irving stomping on the Boston Celtics logo wouldn't have provided us with three days of delightful talk show and Twitter fodder. It would have been wiped from the Internet. Anyone sharing it would immediately receive a copyright complaint. That's how golf treated the video of Brooks rolling his eyes and cursing about Bryson and his metal spikes, but only after it received 10 million views in a single day. 
How could anyone argue with a straight face that it was bad for golf? To that, Kevin, I say, amen. I don't know Kevin Von Valkenburg, but I love that column. And the way I would sum up what he's saying in very, very simple phrase is stop acting like you are above being a sport. Golf is for me greater than a sport. It is something more important to me than a sport. It is, it is a, I'm going to use a word that is probably going to make you laugh at me, but there was almost a spiritual quality that I feel about it, but most people don't. So if you want more people to get interested in it, let interesting things happen. That's an interesting thing. So I hope they do. And you know what? I think Brooks Kepka gets it. He was asked about the feud with Bryson DeChambeau, and he said, I think it's good for the game. I mean, I think it's good for the game. I really do. The fact that golf's on pretty much every news outlet for, I don't know, about two weeks uh, pretty consistently, I think that's a good thing. It's growing the game. You know, the younger generation. I get the the traditionalists who, you know, don't agree with it. I understand that. Um, but I think to grow the game, you got to reach out to the younger generation. I don't want to say that that's what this is, but it's, it's reaching out to a whole bunch of people. It's getting golf in front of people. And, I mean, I think it's good for the game. I agree. In fact, I would take it a step farther. I was thinking about this. I'll give you the credit, Hembo, because you're the one who put this thought in my head. So I'm going to everyone, every member of the hashtag crew right now, hashtag Nuno, hashtag Bubba, hashtag Hembo, hashtag Devin. Can you name a better rivalry in professional sports right this minute than Bryson DeChambeau versus Brooks Kepka? Not college. I get college. College rivalries are always going to supersede that. There's, I'm not trying to compare this to Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, North Carolina, Duke, whatever it else is you want to say. But our traditional rivalries in professional sports, does anyone get that excited about Yankees-Red Sox anymore? I don't think they do. Cubs-Cardinals, Bears-Packers, Dodgers-Giants. Is there a better rivalry? If we were to take the word rivalry in the strictest definition of it, meaning a feud, something that matters where the stakes are high and the, and the animosity is legit? Is there a better one in professional sports right now than Brooks against Bryson? Anybody, Nuno, Hembo, anyone? Well, the, for me, a great rivalry only requires two things. Both parties to be really, really good, which they are, right. and, both, and, the, and the parties to hate each other. And I, I couldn't say that in any sport aside from this particular rivalry, both of those qualities are met to this extent. Right. So I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's the best rivalry in pro sports. I knew you would because you're the one who gave me the idea. Uh, but so that's the point. It involves both parties being invested in it being a rivalry. You know, I, I, I really believe like there was a time and it wasn't long ago where the Yankees and Red Sox genuinely hated each other. And Pedro Martinez is throwing Don Zimmer to the ground and all the things that were happening then. That's a long time ago. I don't think there's a rivalry there. No, no. Am I missing anything? Is there a big, a bigger, better rivalry in pro sports right now than these two guys? No, I can't think of one right now. And so that makes the point. So you're the USGA and you have two options. You can either put the rivals together or not. It's that simple. Nothing else changes. They make the pairings. They put them together however they want. For those who don't know, the first two rounds of these golf tournaments, they play in threesomes. And they, they um, then, once they go through the, get into the weekend, they start arranging it by the people who are in the lead, play at the end and all the rest of that. 
But for the first two days, they just, for the most part, put these things together at random. Now, there are some rules that usually they play in some traditions. But you could easily put these two guys together. Well, answer me this, Greeny, because there was a time... I'd like to say that the Tiger-Phil rivalry was really, really good. I don't yes. know, 10, 15 years ago, sure. whatever it was. This, to me, feels a little bit differently because of the hate. Obviously, yeah. F- Tiger and Phil were greater players probably at the time than either of these guys are now, although Kepka's awfully good. How does this compare to that? No, th- this is much angrier. Those guys, angrier. those guys had a real, legit rivalry, and I think down deep inside they didn't like each other, but they didn't talk about it a lot. Mm. Like, it wasn't like this. Like, these guys rolling his eyes and cursing at each other. I mean, this is legit. These two guys have beef. Tiger and Phil had a rivalry. I think they need to make it happen. Mm. All right. I I told you that we are going to explain to you the ways in which our national pastime, effective immediately, is a completely different place. Let's go to the scoop. The scoop. Everybody in baseball has known this has been going on. There's been 12 or more guys already whose spin rates have magically dropped. So it's not just Garrett Cole. Have you ever used spider attack while pitching? I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Here we go. Jeff Passan is with us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. And if you missed it last night, Jeff Passan with the story that baseball has made some decisions on how and when it is cracking down on the issues of this Spider tack and the other substances that have changed the sport. Jeff Passan, welcome as always. For those who haven't seen your reporting, what exactly is going on right now? Greeny, uh, starting a week from yesterday, Major League Baseball players who are caught with foreign substances are going to be suspended for 10 days with pay. Uh, the rules are going to be distributed sometime today is the expectation, but Major League Baseball teams, players, everybody around the league has been awaiting this, knowing that it's going to happen. And I I think the most frustrating part to players is that the league is not going to be differentiating between industrial adhesives like spider tack and sort of lo-fi substances like mixing sunscreen and rosin together, which players have been doing for a long time or using pine tar. They are treating everything uh, as if it's the same, uh, there are no misdemeanors or felonies. Uh, everything in this case is a felony, and players don't like that very much. Players don't like it? Can you g- Give me some more on that. Uh, you know, I was talking with a source yesterday, Greeny, who was saying there's a broad consensus that using spider tack is wrong. Because spider tack is a, essentially there's a performance-enhancing substance, right? Like, it, it enhances your grip. Uh, but beyond that, it enhances the spin that you get on a baseball uh, by significant levels. Um, I was talking with one pitcher yesterday who said he, he's tried to go cold turkey um, uh, on not spider tack, which he wasn't using, but on sunscreen and rosin. And he just doesn't feel like he's able to throw it the same way. And, and maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the purpose of this. Um, but doing it on the fly, this pitcher was telling me, uh, he worries it's going to be dangerous. And it's not just going to be dangerous because guys are going to have worse grip and, uh, you know, a tougher time controlling and commanding the ball. Uh, he's worried that guys are going to get hurt because they're having to change their grips on the ball and because they're having to squeeze it harder in order to, to maintain control of it. And if that is a consequence of this, if you see pitchers start to go down with injuries, that they are directly saying are caused by the lack of something as simple as a little dab of pine tar or something like that, the backlash is going to be significant, I think. And 
the, the thing that for Rob Manfred has to go well uh, might run into some roadblocks. Well, here's the other side of that, though, Jeff. I can imagine a person listening to this conversation and saying, so the pitchers are saying, by making us stop cheating, we run the risk of injury, and I'm asking people to feel bad for me about that. What is the response yeah. when someone says that? I think the response is if, if you want to call using a tiny bit of grip agent cheating, um, then that's, that, that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the way that you can back it up being wrong is that Major League Baseball is looking into a universal substance for players to use. What they're trying to find is something that does not uh, enhance performance significantly, but does give them the grip that they need to feel comfortable going out there and pitching the way that they have uh, become accustomed to pitching. And I, you know, as, as much as players uh, are being blamed for this and, Rightfully so, because they're the ones who actually, you know, have been using this stuff. Um, there have been teams that are complicit. Um, there have been people around the game who have gone along with it. Major League Baseball hasn't stopped it. So it's like an entire sport, if you want to lay blame on people, uh, that deserves it for this latest cheating scandal. Jeff passing with me, and I think that's exactly right. His story last night, baseball is going to start coming down and um, levying 10-game suspensions with pay for players caught with uh, these foreign substances. So let me ask you this. Uh, aside from the outcry, what is your expectation as to the impact this will have on offense in the sport immediately? Greeny, it's having impact already. And, uh, you know, I I was a little worried because I had a, I had a pitcher – you know, at the beginning of this, tell me that he's gone up to teammates and said to them, what if I could give you five to seven more homers a year and 20 more points on your batting average? And his teammate would say, what's the catch? And he would say, there is no catch. All we have to do is stop using sticky stuff. Mm. And I was like, 20 points is a lot. Um, you know, five points, considering where the batting average has been, is a lot. And yet you go back to June 3rd, Greeny, and since June 3rd, and, and Hembo, correct me if these numbers are, are uh, incorrect, but uh, batting average sport-wise, uh, June 3rd, which is right around the day that word started coming out that MLB was going to be cracking down, uh, 236. Batting average since then, 247. Understandable. Small sample size. Uh, like, I get that, but I do not think it's a coincidence that offense turned on and, and turned on at a pretty significant level when guys started getting scared straight. And, and it makes me wonder how many of them, with the pressure that they're receiving from their teams to stop using, and uh, with the knowledge that this is going to be meted out in discipline, how many guys out there are still using right now? I, you know. I think you've already, just the threat, cut down significantly on the amount of foreign substances being used. So maybe some of it is baked in, but Hembo is giving you the thumbs up. That's exactly right. League-wide batting average has increased 11 percentage points, basically going back to when the alarm on this was first sounded. Uh, Outstanding work as always, Jeff. Thank you very much for the perspective here. We always appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Look forward to it, Green. Take care, buddy. All right, that's the great Jeff passing with me. I'm going to pause on that. Though. I want to come back and do more on that because Hembo has put together a little show and tell for us, which I think you will find fascinating. I'm just going to say it right now. You will not get better understanding 
of what this is in baseball and what it is going to mean anywhere than you're going to get here next, I promise, after this word from ZipRecruiter. All right, here's the deal. The football offseason is always wild with all the trades and free agent signings and new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the coming season, and if you want to hire people that you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along. Greeny with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Zach Lowe on all the basketball coming up. Again, we open the show by telling you, Woj reporting, James Harden has been upgraded to doubtful for tonight's game. He's going to give it a go with that hamstring before game time and see if he's able to go out there and try and help. I've already told you my prediction is he will not play tonight, that he will play when they are facing elimination. And I think the Nets are actually going to win tonight. We'll get back to all of that in a minute. But you've been hearing a lot about something called spider tack. Spider tack is a substance that may have had the most significant impact on the game of baseball than any substance since illegal steroids or human growth hormones. This is not players banging on a trash can. Uh, This is as significant an impact on the sport as anything the Astros did, as anything Mark McGuire did, or anybody else. Now, we're going to do a little demonstration of it. Hembo ordered, where'd you get this? This is Amazon Prime. It was as easy for me to get as anything could possibly be. Okay, so it is spider tech. What is it? Read, read me what it says it is. It says spider tech is a super sticky paste for improving grip on Atlas stones. That is the, the only description provided on the label. What, what a, someone help me. What exactly are Atlas stones? I don't even oh, know. Have you ever watched like, the World's Strongest Man competition? Yeah. yeah the, like, those massive stones that these human beings move, and obviously you need <laughs> a, a strong real, grip. To, yeah, for 500-pound rocks. That's, what, that's what's in my hand right now. So it, it, I'm going I'm to do my best radio play-by-play of it. Again, our show streams on ESPN+. Plus. Every single day you can catch up with this anytime you want and see the demonstration. But I'm going to do by, play-by-play of it. So the paste looks... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It looks... The light peanut butter, sort of? There's a a hair care product called Tenex or uh, um, called Pomade, uh, like a a Pomod or Pomade, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. That's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a tube of that. But if you put that, if you put this in your hair, you would be done forever. (laughs) So Hembo was wearing a glove on one hand and is going to put a little bit of it on the fingers of his bare hand. My throwing hand. Okay, if you're throwing hand, if you're right hand. So Hembo was putting a little bit of this paste onto his two the two fingers of his throwing hand and it is coming out of the tube it literally just stretches this thing could stretch like two or three feet if you needed easily, it to easily and, and so you're going to get a little bit of that sticky stuff on your fingers my gosh it is actually hard for him to extricate his fingers now he's going to pick up a baseball without gripping it okay hembo is right now holding a ball 
with his fingers facing down, and the ball is just stuck to his fingers. So the baseball, this is how sticky this stuff is. This stuff is unbelievable. It, it is just stuck to his hand. So that's the point. If you're wondering about this, <laughs> this is not rosin and sunscreen. I mean, this is something that is meant for Atlas stones. So here's the only thing I'll say. I'm not going to feel too sorry for anybody who's complaining they're making me stop doing this in the middle of the season. This is outrageous. If any pitcher I've ever played with in my life, if they could have used this, would have been a much better pitcher. I mean, the, the whole point here, Greeny, is to be able to create more spin, you need to reduce the friction, right? By using this, the ball's going to stick to your hand for so long. I can't even remove my hand from the, from the jar. I'm going to try and put it on this coffee cup and see if I can pick it okay, up. Okay, so here's what we're trying now. We're trying an, another test. <laughs> oh so Hembo is trying to get his fingers out of the spider tag, <laughs> and he is going to touch, just touch, a fairly large, heavy-looking coffee mug. And Yes, it does. It oh just lifts God. right off the desk. <laughs> That is unbelievable. I mean, this is this is two or th- this is like a two pound. This is a, this is a pound. I bet you this is a pound. Let, let, put it down. Let, let me let me try hand it to me. Just don't get your hands sticky. Okay. Yeah. No, I won't. But this, we have a oh, strand. Look, yeah, we have a string of spider tech that is now between the two of us. This is not just your run of the mill coffee cup. This is a pretty heavy, like a, a really big heavy one. The point is, this stuff is serious. Like this is not rosin. I mean, Hembo is just holding this thing right now. With no grip. Go ahead. Just look at that. That's incredible to This me. is a heavy coffee cup, is it it's, not? It's heavy. And, and so that's what people, what baseball players are using. It has changed the sport enormously. <laughs> and for the worse, the sport is less watchable because of it. So I understand players are going to be critical of Manfred. For one thing, players hate the ownership right now, and they hate management. There's no trust there whatsoever. And I'm not going to get in the middle of that. I'm sure both sides are at least a little bit wrong. But what I will say is acting aggressively to get this out of the sport when you can't hit in baseball right now at all. Give me some of the numbers on where we were three weeks ago. The league-wide off- average was 236. 236, the league-wide averages. There was, there was only a handful of hitters even hitting over 300 at that point. In just a couple of weeks, it's gone up 11 points, and run scoring has increased also. Now, part of that is obviously because we're getting towards summer, but you never see those drastic increases midseason, and they're not, even, they're not even cracking down on this yet. All they've done is done the reporting. I think we're going to see a 10, 15, maybe even a 20-point tick up in, in, in offense immediately. Yeah, So, and I say bravo. I say good for that. So I don't want to see anybody get hurt, and I don't want to see anybody get hit. But I don't want to see baseball the way it has been played the beginning of this season and recently with this nonsense as Hembo is right now a baseball is suspended in midair because of this spider tax stuff. They needed to get it out of the sport. Up next, I have been called out. You will hear it right after this. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.